0: Over a year ago, uh, I gave a series of teaching here on the missing dimension, I think we reached it, uh, part 9 at that time, we've seen the church of Ephesus and Smyrna and part of Thyatira. God willing, after this mini-series here, we'll go back and continue uh, with that series on the missing dimensions. I've been thinking myself, so what is the missing dimension in this church? couldn't find an answer all the time. Uh, We all know the basis of what works well, what doesn't work, etc. But uh, mm, recently it became very clear uh, from, uh, from an indication from the Lord that the missing dimension in our church is lack of order. I always knew that I was called to preach on order. I knew that. Uh, but now it's a confirmation from the Lord that our problem is order. I don't know what that means. And also that uh, there is spiritual complacency. That is not we are not spiritually grounded in the word of God. And that's we are ready to be led astray easily. Now, that's concerning. That concerns me. I always think in my heart that was the case, but now to have a confirmation from the Lord, uh, I am not sad, but I bless the Lord. Because if the Lord reveals a problem, then we can begin to tackle the problem with the Lord. But I've always thought in my heart that we were quite complacent as a congregation. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have people who are mature. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean we don't have people who love God, not at all. It may mean that, on average, as a body, there is still a lot to do in that area. So there is lack of order, and there is spiritual complacency. We are not spiritually grounded in the world, and we are ready to be led astray easily. Now, if you were in my position, you will be very concerned. As an elder who labours in the Word, to remind people the same thing all the time, when you have something like this from God, It's scary. And I ask myself, what haven't I taught? Have I hidden anything from the world? Have I released the full counsel of God? Well, it's up to us to work out the details in prayer. That's how it works. God reveals, up to you to take on board and say, Lord, we've heard it, now what do we do? Complacency is not good. If we are complacent, we will keep on. Asking, we want this to happen. We want this growth. We want. Are we ready to manage an exponential growth in this place? Are we ready? If God sent us two hundred people in one go, are we ready? If God sent in our midst someone to infiltrate us who is a false prophet, disguise himself as a spiritual person, are we going to stand? There? If we are infiltrated by people who go around snatching people under the disguise of spirituality, how many of us will be able to discern and to stand? Those are serious stuff. We got to grow to maturity. Now, by maturity, I'm not advocating bookish intellectual knowledge. I'm talking about the knowledge of Christ, which starts by genuine faith. To make sure that we are indeed saved, it's very important. Because it's from faith to faith. In Jesus Christ. But if we are not saved, we will be surprised. the last day, we are just wasting our time. And when when there is genuine salvation, the fruit is evident. The true Biblical definition of love. The love for the truth of God. That's where it starts. Not what I call the Hollywood love. Let love one another, let love one another, let love one another, and God is left out of the equation. Missing dimension. I'm repeating. Lack of order and spiritual complacency among us. We are not spiritually grounded in the world of God. And we are ready to be led astray by every wind of doctrine. That's really concerning for me as an elder. And I'm asking myself, am I releasing the full counsel of God or not? Am I hiding something to the congregation? Or am I saying what I'm supposed to be telling you every day? And if that's the case, why are we in that situation then? I leave that to your discernment and appreciation. Okay, I've I've told you. I've said what needed to be said. The Vanity of Fleeting Confidence. It's a mini-series of teaching to be taught in five parts. god willing. The first part, which I've already taught, was the confidence of the foolish. Today's second part, critical issues. Critical issues okay God decided himself for reasons only known to him that he will populate eternity with the being he created and human beings Out of all the creation, God decided that we spend eternity, not with dogs and cats and rabbits and chicken, but with humans. Because when He made us, He then breathed into our nostrils and we became a living soul. That's why we can seek God and we can find Him. And we can worship God and God wants us to spend eternity with Him. That is His purpose. The purpose that has been not renewed but, I would say, the purpose that has been reminded to the world through the Church. Hidden! It's only revealed within the Church. And you and I who believe in God will spend eternity with Him. There was a big crowd because of the fall and rebellion. But after that, God had provided His only begotten Son to come and save the world. For God so loved humans, that's what it is, that He gave His Son to redeem us. Everyone who descended from Adam can be saved through Jesus Christ. Because that has always been God's desire and plan to fellowship and to live with humans He created in His own likeness. And God des- decided to populate eternity with humans. That's big. That's big. And we bless Him for that. Critical issues. So let's first read the same passage we read last time. That is Psalm 49. Psalm 49. Most of the verses you read here are self-explanatory. Psalm 49. Hear this, all peoples. Give ear, all inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall give understanding. I will incline my ear to a proverb. I will disclose my dark saying on the earth. Five: Why should I fear in the day of evil, in the days of evil, when the iniquity at my heels surround me? Those who trust in their wealth and boast in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother. Now give to God a ransom for him, for the redemption of their souls is costly, and it shall cease forever that he should continue to live eternally and not see the pit. Verse ten. For he sees wise men die; likewise, the fool and the senseless person perish, and leave their wealth to others. Eleven. Their inner thought is that their houses will last forever, their dwelling places to all generations. They call their land after their own names, nevertheless man, though in order, does not remain. He is like the beast that perish. This is the way of those who are foolish, and of their posterity who approve their saying. Like a sheep they are laid in graves death shall feed on them. The upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. That is resurrection. And their beauty shall be consumed in the grave far from the dwelling. 15 But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave for he shall receive me. Do not be afraid when one becomes rich, when the glory of his house is increased, for when he dies, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. Though while he lives, he blesses himself, for man will praise you when you do well for yourself. Verse 19. He shall go to the generation of his fathers, they shall never see light. A man who is in all, yet does not understand, is like the beast that perish. Hmm, good discussion. Hmm. Simple truth, eternal truth, true, you can't dismiss that, irrefutable, that's what it is. Job say, Job 121, naked I came from my mother's womb, Make it. I shall go. There's nothing to take. All the glory, all the fame, all the beauty, all, the, all, 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 will stay. Mm. After a few months or few years, you know, the nice cloth in the grave will be rotten, etc., and nothing left. Dust to dust. Mm. That is universal truth. Let us prepare ourselves to meet God, prepare every day to meet God. My good sister always said, travel light, not too heavy pursuit, reaches, riches, very very travel light, as someone who is in transit. I've told you previously someone in transit is focusing on the boat. Now gate 18. You know what is running, with <sighs> He made it boarding. Travel light if you going to heaven. Mm. Don't jeopardize. Don't put eternal, don't put your soul at risk. Critical issue. So while he lives, he blesses himself. Remember that foolish rich in the New Testament? Mm. After a great harvest, he blesses himself. He says to himself, My soul be merry. Look at the harvest, look at all this. What did the Lord say? Insensé. Ce soir. Donate sera redemadé. Foolish. Do not. Your soul will be required of you. Terminate. Fini. Woe unto those who put their hope in the riches. I look around in the congregation this morning. It looks like all of us are saved. (coughs) And I very much hope so. If that's the case, if we all save, then this message here might seem irrelevant to you. But you can still learn from it because it will ground you even more. Mm. It will help you to say, I've chosen the right part. Mm. Remember what the Bible says? When the believers ask themselves questions, why am I suffering? Why am I lucky? The Lord says to the end, you will see the difference between those who trust in God and those who don't. Mm -hmm. The difference will come. We will see the difference. Mm -hmm. Those who reject God will rot eternally in hell. Mm -hmm. Oh, don't be too negative. The word negative is not in the Bible. But watch out that space. In New Age version of the Bible coming, you will begin to see positive and negative. Take it from me. It's not in the Bible. None version has it. But I'm sure they're working very hard, the psychologists, to sneak it in. <laughs> then it makes sense. Then we can remove sin, holiness. We can begin to talk in terms of positive and negative. Mm. Get us too harsh. A tele-evangelist the say it's too harsh. It's demeaning. To say some people are sinners. Because Jesus Christ came to die to restore human dignity and self-esteem. That's what I'm talking about. You wait. They will find a way in New Age versions of the Bible. You wait. It's been said that in the olden church, believers knew their Bible. They memorized scripture. When Bible was being burned, they could gather and share the Bible because it was here. memorizing scriptures. It's important. Young people, memorize scriptures. Take time to memorize scriptures. Don't just read books, apologetics and detail that feel good about. Memorize scriptures. It takes time. It's hard work. It takes discipline to pray and quote scriptures which edify the listeners. But it takes time to do that. Critical issues. We've already said that. He shall go to the generation of his fathers. He shall go to the generation of his fathers. Verse 19. Fathers. I don't know how many fathers we have. Quite a few. Um, It's your responsibility to make sure that Your children are given the opportunity to listen to the Word of God in the most serious and sustained way. Remember what I told you many years ago uh, at Bridge Lane, North London, uh, in time of fellowship I asked one brother, "Um, How is the fellowship in your house? He said, "I must confess that I've been very busy with the ministry in Hyde Park Corners. I uh, haven't had time to do uh, the family fellowship." I said, "What kind of God are you going to gather everybody to heaven when your children are going to hell? What kind of idea? That is called activism. To feel good, to be seen as doing things. Your own family is nowhere. Why well, these things take time? You go to forego so many things." In order to teach your family, these things take time. You got to prepare yourself first. You got to pray for them and with them, and you got to teach them in a sustained way. These things take time. Well, one of the problems we had in, in years past uh, with John when he was here. Uh, was uh, the role of the fathers in families. That has always been a problem Uh, in those days. I don't know where we stand at the moment, but uh, it was a big problem. In that time, fathers were so distracted everywhere, and we could see that families were not progressing, not growing spiritually. And fathers were just happy, you know, to talk, dispute about verses, etc. And we we see nothing in the family. And when I say family, it includes your wife. Because the father... Is responsible for the spiritual health in the family. That includes your wife. You don't leave it to your wife. No, it's you who is driving the family to Christ. It's you. Well, ladies can do a little bit here and there, and there, and there but it's the man who sets the direction for God. But then we have young people, married, not married, fiancé, etc. Well, you've got to be prepared. It's not all about romantic, now. It's responsibility before God. I'm not talking about knowledge here. I'm talking about spiritual leadership in the family. Because you have your wife, your children, 24 hours in your responsibility. And you know the word of God and you are saved. What do you think about that? Do you want to spend eternity with them? Then that's your first missionary thing. Do it nicely, diligently, with effort, selflessly, consistently. If you don't do it, it starts today. But in order to do that, you go to lead by example. There are things you need to remove. distractions you need to remove from you. Because those things take time. You see, I can't even move in my critical issues. I'm stuck. Because it's important. I'm telling you, believers are wasting time in everything. Well, I, I write quite a few things, you know, from time to time to people. If I show you the way people respond, you will be shocked. You know, you can write a full page of identification, someone will respond. You just press send within a second. You said they haven't been right. There's no time. There's no time. But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave because He is risen. We have the hope of resurrection on that day. You see. God knows your heart. God knows your work, your labor. We may not see everything you do for the Lord, but God is the righteous rewarder. On that day, the work of everyone will be revealed. That's the reason why we bow down before him. Because it's So work. Don't wait on that day. Work now. Be partner with God in the building of His church. One day, the Bible says, the work of everyone will be revealed by fire. So work before it's too late. Critical issues. What are these? What are the big questions? people ask themselves. What is the last judgment? That's the question. What's the last judgment? What's the final dwelling? What's the final abode of sinner and saints? I'm smiling because when I spoke to the family yesterday I say, okay, I'm going to change this expression. Because if I say sinner versus saints, some people will be offended. Imagine if you don't like me, and I call myself Saint-Guy. <laughs> <laughs> what does that do to you? You say, oh, Saint amount I'm out of it. <laughs> because if this is what I'm going to find in heaven, billions like this, <coughs> they're no. So, I still don't want to offend people, let me change. Okay. <laughs> I said, let's talk in terms of sinners unrepented and sinners forgiven. That's, that's easy, okay. okay? Imagine someone who hates you and you say, Don't you know I'm saying, saint, Say Saint Yolanda. I am the saint. What? he you a saint? Now, okay, let's keep them happy then. Mm-hmm. Let's call ourselves sinners forgiven. Mm-hmm. Eternal or temporary punishment? What is it? That's too harsh. We don't believe that God can punish people eternally. That's too harsh. And as always, Catholicism come in with some fabrication, some, some artificial fixing, you know, Purgatory, you know, people will go somewhere, you know, they will purge their sin, and after a while they will be purified, and we go to heaven. And then Islam comes in and so says there will be a system of weighing, you know, if the, if if your, your, your good outweighs the bad, then it's a And then this one comes with reincarnation, you know, you go through a karmic cycle, and you know, if you were a wife, you know, disobeying your husband, it. Hmm. Trust me, those things are really appealing to people. People like that idea. Do you know why? Because there is an element of salvation by work. Oh, yeah. Some of them are more subtle. Some of them are more subtle. I'll be mentioning that universalist view of salvation. God is good. In the end, everybody's going to be saved. God is good. There is no such thing as hell, because God is good. The Bible says hell is reserved for the, for the devil and his demons. Now the rebellious people will join them there. The Bible that speaks of day and night, forever, eternally. The idea of eternal punishment is in the Bible. Why won't you make peace with God rather than, you know, staying there and doing philosophy, I don't think it's eternal, I don't think... I-. God is giving you an opportunity to receive Him and avoid hell. Oh. Listen to this. Imagine you sitting on a balcony of, let's say, <laughs> sixth, seventh story floor there. And they say to you, there is fire in the next door, and they say the firefighters are there with a very big net for you. They are very trained to rescue people, and they are asking you jump. And you standing there and say, "Wow, what brand is that net?" <laughs> it's in Adidas. Or night. They say, excuse me, fire is there. Oh, where did you buy that? I also love your uniform, firefighters. <laughs> <laughs> they say, excuse me, look behind. There is fire. And you're talking about unnecessary things. They're telling you fire is coming. And you're arguing about the quality of the net, the uniform of the firefighters. And you feel great about yourself. Trust me. You will jump in the pieces. That's what people do. They say, Fire is coming. Fire, would that be eternal? God is so good. That would be too harsh. The kind of idea is too harsh. We don't think God can. Yet yeah, fire is coming. God you're talking about. He's telling you that fire is coming. The judgment is coming. In the days of Noah, it was the same. Rain, flood is coming. Oh, this man is out of mind. We don't want to think something like that. Fire, water, flood is coming. The angel told uh, Lot and his family, all that belongs to you, relative, all that is out, 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 out. Are you preparing your family to run? To run to God? You flee the rough to come. Or you feel, well, okay, that's fine. You know, very serious stuff. Eternal or temporary punishments. Now, if one thinks that the punishment cannot be eternal, here is the question for you. Few questions for you. If the punishment is not eternal, then why should the solution be eternal? Mm. Because Jesus is the eternal Son of God. Who came here? Why would God do that if it was just a temporary thing? Why would salvation be eternal? Now, hold your breath, because you might be offended here. We're talking in terms of eternity here. Well, and I respect whatever you believe, you know, we can do salvation, etc. It's weekly, it's monthly, that's your problem. But I'm talking in terms of eternity here. Do not confuse backsliding and losing salvation. God is eternal. Now, I'm trading in a very slippery ground here, but I have to. Because I'm not here to share opinions. I'm just looking what is in the Bible. He who has the Son has eternal life. Full stop. Mm. Whatever Yaakov Prash and, uh, I don't know, John MacArthur said, that's not my problem. Mm. I have written these things to you so that you may know that you have eternal life. You who believe in the Son of God. And by believing, you continue to believe. That's the whole mark of the saved. Mm. Paul said... They were with us, they went out of us because they were not of us. Mm -hmm. That's not losing salvation. They were not of us. Mm -hmm. Because if they were of us, they wouldn't have left us. Mm -hmm. But we are of those who persevere. That's That's the whole mark of salvation. Well, it makes you feel good, okay, well, we can do salvation, because John MacArthur said, because that one said, because that one said, that if that makes you feel good, that's fine, but in the end it will depress you. The person holding that salvation is Jesus Christ. You are in His hand. He is the author of that salvation. If indeed you've given your life to Christ, who will snatch you out of it? And there will be evidence of your obedient life. Mm. That might sound uh, politically incorrect, but we have to be courageous enough to say those things. Mm. How can we be sure of what? Mm. What are we saved from? So many questions. says, mm. <laughs> <have> <laughs> a believer says, ah. Used to be a good Christian. Now I don't know what I believe in anymore. I'm lost. I don't know what I believe in anymore. How can we reach that stage? It's by neglecting the word of God. That's why I told you, I'm reminding you these things in order for you to be established, even if you are mature believers so that you think yes continue Establish negligence and bad familiarity with scriptures can lead someone astray you begin to play with the word of God you begin to filter you begin to pick and choose what you want and you go astray I don't know what I believe in it's daily daily devotion daily prayer Daily fellowship with the brethren. Seeking God. Humbling on his mighty hands. Those are the things that will really keep us. On the right path. He leads me in the right. In the path of righteousness. The Lord is my shepherd. Daily. Daily. Wake up. Don't sleep. I can see you. Wake up. I can't, I can't speak any louder than this. <laughs> Please. <laughs> You can't see, but I can see you. What's <laughs> Now, we are delivered from the judgment to come, because we are all guilty. In, in Adam, we are all guilty. We are delivered from that That's what we call salvation. We may touch a little bit on the discussion. (laughs) James 22 24 versus Ephesians 2 8 9. People like that, okay? People like the discussion, you know, justification, salvation, etc. People like that because John Wesley said and Martin Luther said, etc. Uh, Can I just tell you that, uh, as, as far as I can see, this justification is not the same as salvation. Oh. Why am I saying that? Because there was a discussion, the Lord is talking about the story between a tax collector, who is the other one? A Pharisee. And the Lord looks at their hearts, the way they behaved, and the Lord said, this one went justified. Than that. It doesn't mean he was saved. Justified. the <coughs> righteous before God. So the word justification may also be applied independently from salvation. You can be justified. When you win, in a court case, it can be justified. It doesn't necessarily mean salvation. That's all. In the Bible, justification also means the way you are seen from outside as a godly person. Abraham believed and it was justified. People could see through his life that he was a godly person. Because of his faith. So that's the discussion James is having there. Show me, by your work, that you are saved. Because faith without work is dead, right. Justification as well. Justification can be used for salvation, but it's not always for salvation. On that basis, I don't think there is a contradiction there. There's no any hint that salvation is by work, nowhere. And Ephesians 2 8 to 10, 8 to 9 is the clearest possible passage on the issue. By grace, through faith. Not by faith. (laughs) Another trap is there. Not by faith. By grace, through faith. Be careful. Because faith is being exalted now. People are talking about faith as something, you know, a power, something like, you know, positive thinking, potential achievement, etc. No. It is by grace, through faith. We receive Christ, By faith. But if your faith is not in God, is not in what God has done, however much you have faith, it will not save you. Do you understand the difference there? Critical issues. We hear everywhere, have faith, have faith. Now, the Bible says, have faith in God. To those who receive Him, He has given them, Exousia is the Greek word. John one twelve. To those who received him, he gave them exousia. That's the Greek word. He gave them the right, the authority, the privilege, the jurisdiction to become children of God. Amen. To those who receive in their heart who believe, who trust God and have given Him their life. Trust Him. He is my life. Do what you want to do with my life. He is able to keep which I have committed to Him until that day. Jesus Christ. What about God being offended? You see, uh, the judgment... The intensity of the sentence also depends on the person <laughs> being offended. <coughs> if you threaten me of death, you get away with it. I have no power. Zero. If you threaten Prince King Charles of death, trust me, he won't go, be good for you. Mm-hmm. So the sentence also depends on the authority. Being offended. What do you think the sentence be? If God, the Almighty, eternal one, is offended, the sentence must be eternal. The penalty must be eternal. That's why the only way to come out of it is God's eternal solution. It has to be perfect because God is perfect. None of us can do that. We often think only by grace can we enter. You see, the things I'm, to- I'm telling you this morning, there are places where you cannot say them anymore. People will be offended because people gather together and the preacher need to tell them how beautiful they are how successful they are you know how they're doing well with the self-esteem you have to tell them all about them and they feel good say hallelujah, hallelujah. with these things don't say hallelujah just keep going <laughs> that's too much that's not how I see myself better know these things now to be saved before it's too late How can we be sure of what? Well, we can be sure because God said, you know, when you are saved, you suddenly don't have four legs. You remain on your two legs. How do you know you are saved? By faith in God. Mm. The Holy Spirit. Mm. John Wesley speaks of the inward (laughs) witness of the Holy Spirit. Inward (laughs) witness. You know that if I close my eyes, in death, instantly in Jesus Christ. And you live with that, that comforts you. Mm -hmm. Because He lives, all fear is gone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Something happened to you after this service? Instantly Mm -hmm. in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. That's our hope. We know that for sure. (laughs) Because we believe in Him. But the evidence that we believe in Him is the way we live. Mm-hmm. If He lived in us, I think we sang a song or someone quoted in praying here uh, from Galatians to the Dennis, from Galatians 2, I have been crucified. It is not I who no longer live, but it is Christ lives in me. Mm-hmm. And the life that I live now in my flesh, I live it in the faith in Christ Jesus who died for me. Mm-hmm. It's all about Jesus Christ. Is the lack of fire physical or spiritual? That's another one. Where are we going to spend eternity? Is it in heaven? I'm sorry to disappoint you, but the answer is no. It's an integration of heaven and of something brand new that will descend and God will dwell there with the We go to heaven for a party, go to heaven. The it is is there and then, and then we, we're ready and then, and then we come back. <laughs> that's the new Jerusalem, but that's for another day. Did Jesus Christ have only his spiritual body when he ascended to heaven? The answer is a resounding no. Ah, too much disappointment this morning. We thought he was the spiritual Jesus. No. He said, Thomas, come and put your hand here. He said, Do you have something to eat? Spiritual spirit, don't eat. He was a glorified body. So, when we go to heaven, we go in a glorified body. Mm-hmm. But some uh, secret societies say it was a uh, mystic Jesus, a spiritual body, etc. And believers say, oh, that's quite good, it sounds good, but it wasn't, it was just a glorified body. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to stop there. What does flesh and blood mean? When the Bible says, flesh and blood do not inherit the kingdom of God. god well, again, you saying that we will going to glorify glorified body. Blood and flesh do not inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah, that's blood and flesh which is not glorified cannot go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Only glorified body, transformed, changed, glorified, from corruption to incorruption, not to decay again. That new body, that Jesus Christ heart, people standing in a room, Jesus Christ just get it. Glorified, what we have to go to heaven. Oh, okay. We're going to stop there for another time. Praise the Lord and thanks for your listening. I'm sure you realize that we need time for these things. We need a lot of time. And we need to make time for these things. So that believers will be grounded, established in the things of God. And we need these critical issues. Let's pray. Thank you for your patience. Loving God. Lord, we bless you this morning, Lord, for the unfading hope we have in you. You are faithful, Lord, and you will see us through, and you will take us, Lord, in the Father's house. You say, let your heart not be troubled. Believe in me and in the Father. In my Father's house there are many mentioned. Oh Lord, in you we put our trust. For you are, Lord, faithful to keep that which we have committed unto you, our lives. Blessed Savior, walk out your ways in our lives, O Lord, we pray. Lord, help us. Hold our hand, Yahweh, we are your people and just the sheep of your pasture. Show us the way. Strengthen us, Lord. Fill us again with your Holy Spirit and show us the way, we pray. Teach us these things. David said, I understand these things because of God who wrote these things in me. Mm -hmm. Lord, fill us with your holy, eternal spirit of the promise. Mm -hmm. Strengthen us, Lord. The darkness deepens, Lord, with us. Mm -hmm. Mm Abide. Help us, Lord. When iniquity increases all around us, Lord, May you be our anchor. May you help us, Lord, to cling on to you until the day. Help of the helpless. Lord, you are the one who calms the storms. We commit our lives to you, Lord. Whatever is going on, O God, strengthen us, O Lord, that we may run courageously with endurance the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus both the author and the finisher of the faith Lord we trust in your unfailing love we trust in your faithfulness O oh God we have believed in you Lord sustain us Lord in our frailty we are so vulnerable oh God we want to say thank you for you contain the pressure of the enemy when he threw to us his flaming arrows. Strengthen us, Lord, for the rest of our sojourn and pilgrimage on this earth. Help us, Lord, until we see you. We give you praise. We give you glory. In the name of Jesus. Amen. May the Lord bless you all. And be strong in the Lord. Amen.